The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. If you would, take your Bibles out and turn to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. We're going to be down in verse 18. Last week, we talked about a, a new year and a new you. First Sunday of the new year. We're already to the 14th. Can you believe that? Time flies, doesn't it? Uh... The older you get, I guess the quicker it seems to move, but uh, we're halfway through January, and this is just our second Sunday. But last week, I want to just quickly kind of review what we talked about. We talked about Paul, and we talked about uh, Paul began to, to think about a new direction for himself and a new life, and he, and he gave us some, some kind of some instructions, and he talked about looking at ourselves and examining ourselves he talked about forgetting some things, and then uh, he gave us a couple of things to move forward with. He, he said he was determined to do some things, and he concentrated on doing some things. And he said, in this one thing I do, and I asked you last week to, uh, to think about and, and be determined on one thing for this new year. This new year, this one thing... I want to do spiritually, whatever it may be. I don't know where, where God would open your mind or open your leading to, but uh, leading you in, in which direction. But, but Paul said, this, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm determined to do that thing, this one thing. I'm determined, and I'm, I've set my, my mind, I've set my goal, I've set my attention. And uh, I, was, I was listening this week, and they, uh, people that study these things say, you know, most people that made New Year's resolution, they last about two weeks. Uh, and those that that really uh, put their minds to it, they last till about March, and then they're gone. Uh, so uh, this is our second week. So I'm going to remind you again to uh, uh, think about your determination and your concentration on this one thing that you're going to do. With that, uh, I want us to kind of follow up uh, with someone else who kind of gave us the same ideal. Because I think any time in Scripture that we find uh, a couple of different people preaching a much of the same message about uh, a, a new thing that God wants to do in our life, I think it's good for us to go ahead and look at this. Now, how many of you like rap music by hand? There you go. Be honest. Y'all were scared to raise your hand. I'm raising my hand because I like some rap music. When I die, if you come to my funeral... There's going to be a rap song when, I, when, when they carry me out of here. Itner. Where's my daughter at and my son? Where, yeah, you know. You better have it down or I'll haunt you the rest of your life. No, she's not either because it's a good song. So when, we, uh, when, we, when you pass by and when they... Uh, Start rolling that casket down this, and, it, and the rap music start. Don't say, "Oh, brother Jake would just flip out if he heard that." I've ordered it. We're going to listen to some rap music this morning. When I was a youth minister, uh, we, there was a group, and they were called DC Talk. How many of y'all remember DC Talk? They were a rap group, and uh, they sang some good songs. And uh, I started liking them, and I, I still listen to them occasionally. Matter of fact, uh, one Thursday night football game, I played a DC Talk song, and uh, uh, Coach uh, 
Jeffrey, what was his name? Uh, uh, the receiver, <laughs> the black coach that, uh, who? Nichols. Coach Nichols. From the field, turned around and looked up there and went, <laughs> is that DC talking? I said, yeah. He goes, never heard it played at a football game. What I want you to do, whether you like rap music or not, most of you said no, I want you to try to listen to the words. Now, we're going to play one minute. So listen to the words. Y'all like that? (laughs) Boy, I do. Did you hear the words? Did you hear anything of any of it? What did you, one thing you heard? God's doing a new thing in my life through Jesus Christ. Now, if you listen to that several times, you're going to start liking it. Uh, it's, a, it's a great song. J.C. was leaving, I think, and she heard that come on. She came back to the service. Uh, that's what we're going to talk about this morning because that came out of Isaiah chapter 43, that God is doing a new thing. And in our lives, God wants to do a new thing. And last week, and even this morning, <clears throat> in our review, I said we need some determination and some concentration on one thing that we want to do this year. Now, here's the point I want us to understand. In our own power, we can't do it. Whatever it is, in our own power, we don't have the ability and the mindset, a lot of things, a lot of times to to change or do the one thing that we think that we need to do spiritually, only through the power of the Holy Spirit can we do those things. And only through the direction of God can we do those things. And this morning, that's what I want to talk about, realizing that whatever that one thing is that you have decided, that you have concentrated on, whatever that, that one thing is, realize this, it's God that's doing it. It's God that wants to do a new thing through Jesus Christ in your life. So he has a desire for that. In Isaiah 43, I want you to listen how much this sounds like Paul and what we read last week. Isaiah 43, starting in verse 18, Isaiah says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now this is God speaking to the children of Israel through Isaiah. So this is God's word. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing, and now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Am I not making a way in the desert and streams within the wasteland? Now, what I want you to do this morning, if you uh, have a place to keep some notes, I want you to take this verse, and even maybe in the margins of your Bible, I, I've got it written in mine, but I don't know that I could ever read it again. But, but I want you to, to realize what this verse is saying. This is the whole message this morning. What God is saying in these words, and here's what He says... And, and this is the actual way these, these folks would have heard this. Of course, through translations, we lose some things. So the first part's real simple. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. For see, I am bringing restoration, a new thing. So that, that new thing there, if you make a note, means this, restoration. He tells the children of Israel, I'm bringing restoration. 
Do y'all like those restoration shows on television? You can watch any number of them. You can watch anything from restoring old cars to restoring uh, old signs or uh, old appliances. Uh, anything you can imagine, you can find a show. And matter of fact, I have an old refrigerator uh, that's in my barn right now. That's It's one of those little short ones that's kind of rounded off. And, and I've got on the internet, I'm going to get that thing restored. I want, I want them to go and, and get it back in working order. And, and I'm going to get it painted. And, and one of these days, I'm going to have my man cave. And I'm going to have my, my refrigerator that's been restored setting there. So when we think about restoring, God looks at the children of Israel and he looks at us today and he says, you know what? I want to bring restoration to your life. I want to restore some things. Now, Israel had lost a lot of things. And just like some of those old appliances or some of those old cars, they, they were once one thing and they've lost that. So, so the the person who restores things says, you know, I'm going I'm to bring restoration. Well, God is talking spiritually. He's talking about our lives. He says, I'm going to bring restoration. See, I'm doing a new thing in your life. Those things from the past, those failures, all the things that, that, that have, have had maybe scraped you up and left some scars and left some dents and left some rust. Hey, forget about those things. Because I'm going to start now, and I'm going to do a new thing, restoration. Now, that's not the best part. Listen. He goes on and says, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? It's, it's, it's come up in front of you. Do not perceive it. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. And he says, because I'm making a way in the desert. Now, let me tell you what he says here. He's literally talking about a highway, He's really talking about what, what we would call a highway. And, and uh, a few weeks ago or maybe a few months ago, we were, we were headed out to South Texas and I was going down Highway 20 and the traffic started backing up and, and there's a new road up there called uh, Chisholm Trail Parkway out of Dallas. And, and uh, we were getting backed up and I had uh, my dad with me and Alan was with me. I said, hey, let's, let's take this new way. Let's take this, this, uh, this toll way cost me $27. Can y'all believe that? And I have a toll tag, but I had changed, put new tags on my truck so it didn't get under the toll tag and I was pulling a trailer. So uh, my goodness, and ended up not coming out where I thought it was. I think we went this way and then got back over here and then had to go back the other direction. So if you're trying to go south, don't get on Chisholm Trail. But but listen to what this, what, what this, word would have meant for those listening and for us today he says i'm building up a road for you in the midst of a desert think about how they travel think about the the rocks the 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 cactus the the thorns and thistles and bushes and things that they dealt with as they moved around in a in a desert environment and god says i'm 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 going to build up a roadway that's going to make your traveling easier That's literally what he was saying there. And here's the thing. It's going to be set apart for those who have been redeemed. In other words, what God was saying to the children of Israel is I'm making a new road for you that only you can travel. You know, if you were going on a trip somewhere, wouldn't that be great? If you could get on a road just built for you, all of those other idiots that don't know how to drive, you wouldn't have to deal with them. If everybody drove like me, We'd never have any road jams. You know, we'd all be able to go. 
And, and that's what God's saying. Hey, I'm going to build a path for you. I'm going to build a road for you in the desert, and I'm going to set it apart for the redeemed. So, so let's think about that. God says, I'm going to bring restoration for you. I'm going to build a way, and there's going to be streams in a wasteland. Now, in the, in the streams there represents a, a, a blessing, and protection. That's what that word comes around. And when you begin to look at the meanings of that word, he says there's going to be, there's going to be a source of protection. There's going to be a source of, of, of uh, blessings. And those words are applied to the Lord Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. So, so when you put this together, and when we understand what God is saying to the children of Israel, he says, listen, I'm going to do a new thing in your life. I'm going to make a way that that only you can travel on. And in that, I'm going to be your source of blessing. I'm going to be your source of protection because I'm the Lord. When you put all this together, what the children of Israel, that's what they would have heard. Isn't that great for us? Today, when we think about where are we spiritually, where are we in our life, God says, hey, I want to bring restoration to you. I want to make a way that only you can travel, and it's going to be a way that, that's going to be a highway. I'm going to build it up so that you can travel, and you and you alone. And while you're traveling, I'm going to be the source of your protection. I'm going to be the source of your blessings because I'm the Lord. And, and that's what he's writing to, to, to the children of Israel because during this time in their life, they're, they're in a bleak period of their history. They're, they're in captivity. They've, they've lost everything, everything they thought they would have in the future. It's gone. They're thinking about uh, where they want to be. They're homesick for the land, for the blessings that God has promised. So, so God says to them, listen, here's an offer I have for you. And this morning, I want us to hear this as God speaking to us at East Delta Baptist Church. Listen, I have an offer to make. I have a new thing that I want to do in your life. And here's my offer to you. And with that, there's some things that Isaiah says has to take place. Sounds a whole lot like what Paul said. And that first step is this. We need to change our focus. He said to the Israelites, you need to change your focus and you need to quit looking behind and start looking ahead. What did I say there? Israel was homesick. They were, they were longing for those blessings that God had given them in the past. And they're thinking about those things. Isaiah says, you know what? You need to forget the former things. Don't dwell on the things of the past. Now, he's talking about good things. He says you can't dwell on those. If you're continually looking behind you, you can't see what God has before you. That's why we have such a, a small little mirror to look behind in our rearview mirror, and we have a whole windshield in front of us that we can look forward to what God has. And, and yeah, while we glance behind us every now and then, maybe it helps us know what's coming up. Maybe it helps us remember what's in our past. God says, I want you to be looking forward. And, and if we're going to move forward with Christ, we need to remember there's some things that we need to forget. And we talked about these last week, but again, Isaiah says we need to do this. We can't depend upon our past victories to sustain us. That's the first thing. Whatever our past victories were, the former things that we've had, we can all think back to the time that we were saved and we hear a, someone give a testimony, that's great. You know, I, I was saved during this time and we were having revival or we were having a vacation Bible school or we were at a youth event or I was at some type of deal and, and God spoke to me and I was saved. That's part of our testimony. But here's our testimony. What God, what's God doing today? 
And, and Isaiah says, you know, we can't live on those former victories. Think about the victories that Israel had had. They had left Egypt. Remember how great that story was? Moses came and, and, and uh, finally Pharaoh let them go after all of those plagues. And, and those were victories they had had. And, and not only that, they had come and they had conquered the land of Canaan. Remember some went in there and said, there's giants, there's no way we can beat those guys. But God delivered them and said, I'm going to deliver your enemies into your hands. And he gave them victory after victory after victory. They had those things from their past. They, they had the, they, the, the conquerors that came after they possessed the land and, and wanted to take it back. And God gave them victory and they conquered. They survived a split in their country as the country decided, part decided to go this way and part decided to just go this way. They survived all those things. <coughs> but now they're in captivity and, and all the previous victories were doing nothing to set them free. They were, still, they were still captive. They needed a new thing. They needed a new work. They needed a new miracle. They needed a new victory. And Isaiah saying, you know what? We need to forget those things those former things which are in the past, even though they were great victories, now you're in captivity. And now as you're in captivity, those, those victories are, are not something that's going to sustain you. I want to ask you this question this morning. The question isn't, what has God done for you? A lot of times we have opportunities just to say, you know, I'm, I'm thankful this is what God has done. And, and those are great things. But the question is this, what is God doing in your life right now? I want you to think about that. I want you to, to ask yourself that question this morning. God, what are you wanting to do in my life right now? As you think about that, ask yourself, God, this, what, what is it that I want you to do in my life right now? And, and I want you to think about those two questions. God, what are you doing right now? And God, here's, where I, here's what I would love to see you do in my life right now. Now, now, the second thing is, is we can't not only not dwell on our past victories, we, we can't allow ourselves to, to dwell on our past failures. Because as we think about Israel, they had some great victories, didn't they? But they had some great failures. I mean, if you think about the, 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 the failures they had, they, they failed God miserably over and over and over. God had some plan for them. He said, this is where I want you. And they, they began to move out, and then they failed. And then they fell. Think about this. God gave them a temple, a beautiful temple built by Solomon. And they turned it over to idol worship. God gave them the truth and they proclaimed the lies. God, God gave them His commandments and they simply lived like they were, were suggestions. And God gave them wealth and they, they used it and they abused the poor. And God gave them Himself. And the Bible says as God gave them Himself, they rejected Him and they turned away from Him. The, the children of, of Israel, they failed God over and over and over. And, and Israel didn't deserve anything from God. Because they had turned their back on God so many times. Really what they deserved was, was, was nothing from God. But God still loved them. And God still wanted to lead them. And he, he earnestly wanted to help them. And that was God's message. Listen, God is telling us today, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past things. Because see, I'm doing a new thing. I want to do a new thing. God's not condemning them for their past. There's, there's one thing we can never change, folks. We can never change our past, can we? 
Once we say something, once we've done something, we can't go back and change that. We can't go undo it. So we need to say, all right, God, I've messed up, I've failed, but, but I believe you want to do a new thing in my life. So starting here, I want to move forward. Isaiah 55, 7 says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the evil man his thoughts, and let him turn to the Lord, and he'll have mercy on him, and our God, for he will freely pardon us. Isn't that great? I mean, Isaiah says, forget those things. The wicked, turn, turn away from those things. The evil man with the thoughts, turn away from that thoughts. Turn to the Lord and He'll have mercy and He'll have grace and, and He'll help you and He'll pardon you. Here's the third thing. We can't live on yesterday's faith. We can't live on yesterday's faith. See, the children of Israel had experienced great spiritual blessings throughout their history. The, from the Passover, the very first Passover, you know, when the, when the death angel came, if you had the blood over your doorpost, that, that death angel passed over you. From that very first Passover through crossing the Red Three, through conquering Canaan land, through building a temple, through the children of Israel seeing that God's hands working on them, working for them and through their lives, their faith that God had done all those things, they couldn't live in that past faith. They couldn't say, boy, I remember when, when I was a spiritual giant. See, we can't live on those things. We, we, need to, we need to put those past things and we need a new faith. We need a new vision. Don't you just get tired sometimes of going through the same old motions? Even at church. I mean, don't you just get tired sometimes of saying, okay, here's the program, here's what we're going to do. It's just going to be the same old thing. It's just another week, it's another Sunday, it's another day. And, and we go through the, the, the motions of another day. And, and Israel was living on yesterday's faith. And today God says, you know what? I want to do something new. I want to play rap music in East Delta Baptist Church since 1948. I bet that's the first time. Who, who wouldn't disagree? Doug, you ever remember? You've been here a long time. <laughs> you say amen, thank goodness. <laughs> God's, God wants to do something new in our lives. We can't think about how great it was on those yesteryears. Oh, I remember when things were, were different, and oh, I'd like to go back to that thing, and I, I'd like to have those things. We can't live on yesterday's faith. God wants us to look and say, you know what? I have a new portion. I have a new faith. I have a new victories I want to give you, and I want to do a new thing. Psalms 85, 6-8 says, Will you not revive us again? that your people may rejoice in you and show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation, and I will hear what God, the Lord, will speak. God wants to do a new thing in our lives. Here's the second point. Clarify your focus. Discover what God wants for you. Doesn't that sound like what Paul said? I mean, clarify your focus. What does God want for you? Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? For I'm making a way in, in the area of dry, thirsty land. In an area where, where we've dried up spiritually. See, I'm going to do a, a new thing. I'm going to, in the desert, I'm going to put streams. I'm going to bring hope. I'm going to bring blessings. I'm going to bring protection through the Lord. I want to do a new thing. That word perceive. It says to know by seeing 
by care, by recognition, by acknowledge, by being aware of, by understanding. So God says, I want you to perceive these things. I asked that question a while ago. Here's another question I want to ask you. What do you see when you view your life right now? I want you to think about that. From a spiritual perspective, when you, when you view your life in your mind right now, what, how do I view my life before God? As God looks at me, how do I view my life? Just, just think about that just a moment. And I want to ask you, do you see possibilities or do you see problems? Just how do you view your life right now? Spiritually, how do you view your life? Notice what God says. I'm making a way in the desert. I, I'm giving streams in the wasteland. I, I'm doing a new thing. And, and however you view your life, look, I'm going to make a new way. I'm going to build a highway just for you. It's going to be easy traveling, and for those who have been redeemed, it's going to be especially for you. See, Israel had a choice. They could view their past problems. They could wallow in their, their present situation they were in. They could, they could say, hey, look at where we've been. Look at what God has done in the past. We must have been good. We had all of these things. Or, or they could say, you know what? I want to focus on what God wants to do because He's telling us through His Word, hey, I want to do a new thing. I'm going to invest a new way versus the desert or or streams versus a wasteland. See, it was their choice. And in order for us to do what God wants us to do, then then we need need to first see ourselves as God sees us. This morning, and I ask you, where do you see yourself? I want to ask you the second part of this question. How do you think God sees you? Now, be honest with yourself. As you ask that question, how does God see me right now? The children of Israel, they're in captivity. And, and I'm sure some of the children of Israel thought, we're getting just what we deserve. We're getting exactly what we deserve because the way we've lived. Some probably even believe that, that God will never bless us again. He's not going to have anything to do with us again. As they looked at their selves and they examined their selves and then they thought about God and they, they thought about, how does God see me? How, how, how do I feel like God's seeing me? And, and some people may feel like, because of my past, I'm in a wasteland. I mean, God doesn't have anything for me no more. I'm in captivity. I'm, I'm held by sin, and, and because I'm held by sin, I don't have that fresh water, those springs flowing in my life because of things in the past. But listen to how Jesus Christ said about that. He says in Romans 8, 1 and 2, Therefore there is no condemnation. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Do you hear that? In Christ Jesus... There's not condemnation. He doesn't look at you and condemn you for your past. He says, you know what? I've brought a way through Jesus Christ to set you free from death and from sin and from from that earthly law and through the Spirit of God. Here's one of my favorite stories in in Scripture, I believe. I have a bunch of them, but y'all remember when the Pharisees brought the woman caught in adultery to Jesus? trying to trap him, and they said, the, the, the Bible says this, because she's caught in adultery, the penalty is stoning. 
That was the Old Testament. That was, that was part of the, the, the law in the Old Testament. And, and Jesus had come and they said, we're going to catch him right here because he's talking about grace and he's talking about forgiveness. And, and, and so they bring her before Jesus and they say, all right, what are you going to do, Jesus? The law says she should be stoned. And the Bible records that, that Jesus knelt down and, and he began to write something in the sand. We don't know what it is. The Bible doesn't tell us. But some say it may have been the names of those men that were there. Some say it may have even been the sins of some of the men that were there around. And, and he answered their question like this. He who without sin... Let him be the one to cast the first stone. And the Bible records this. As Jesus was knelt, and as Jesus said, You who are without sin, go ahead and cast the stone. That one by one, the accusers walked away. I read it in a book one time as Jesus was knelt there and as the woman was standing there, you know, she had shame and she had embarrassment and, and she was there publicly ridiculed and as the men were there standing around, slowly you could hear the thuds of rocks dropping on the ground. As each one looked at what Jesus had recorded on the ground and, and dropped the stones and turned and began to walk away. And here's the great part of the story. Jesus looked up and said, Woman, where are your accusers? They were gone. And here's what he says, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. See, he gave them a new way. He gave them a, a new start, a fresh start. And woman, where, is your, where are your accusers? And, and now, neither do I condemn you. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, the life has set me free from the law of sin and death. Colossians 1, 21 and 22. And you who were once alienated and your enemies in your mind by the wicked works, yet now he has reconciled you. He has purchased you in the body of his flesh through his death that he might present you holy, thank you, and blameless and above reproach in his sight. I want to read that again, Colossians 1, 21 and 22. And you, who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he, Jesus Christ has reconciled, He's purchased you, He's bought you back in the body of His blood, His flesh through His death, that He might present you holy and blameless and above reproach in His sight. As you see yourself as God sees you, know that God sees you this way. God sees you as one who needs His forgiveness, who offers His forgiveness, but He does not condemn you. We not only need to see ourselves as God sees us, we need to see our possibilities as God sees them. And this is where I'm getting ready to close. He said, I'm making a way in the desert. You know, God's able to transform the desert areas of our lives. Those, those areas where we're, we're dry and we're tired and we're thirsty, He's able to transform them into blessings and abundance. God can take a, a dried up, useless life and He can transform it into something of purpose and something of grace. Listen to 2 Corinthians three, seventeen and 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit 
And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, listen to this, are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. The greatest step to embracing the, the new thing God wants to do with our life is this, and this is my last point. Commit yourself to God's plan. Last week I said this, what's that one thing, that one thing that, that, that spiritually you want to do? Doesn't that sound just exactly what Paul said? I mean, he said, forget those things that are behind and realize that God wants to do something new in your life and then, and then be committed to that. Commit that thing. God's already set into motion a way to rescue Israel at this time. He already had the plans in place. He already had the people in place. He was already moving forward. People that lead Israel out of captivity back to the land of blessing. So when Isaiah began to present God's word to the children of Israel, God already had the plan in motion. He simply brought it to them and, and here would be the holdup. They had to decide what they were going to do. They had to make that decision. They had to say, okay, God's offering a new thing in our life. He's offering us a, a, a way in the desert. He's offering us a, a direction that He can provide us that only we'll travel on. And, and not only that, He's offering us His blessing. He's offering us protection. He's offering us streams of water. And in the dryness of our life, He's offering those things. Now listen, it's my decision to make. See, Israel had that decision and, and they, could, they could follow God's plan and He's going to do a new thing in their life through Jesus Christ or they could remain doomed and tied to their captivity. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and I'm making streams in a, race, in a, in a wasted land. You know, God's already set in motion a new direction, a new purpose in our life. He's already got those things set in motion. This morning, I want to ask you, would you follow him in the new things? Psalms 95, 7 and 8 says this, For he is our God, and we are people of his pasture. We're sheep of his hand. And today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts and rebel. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I thank you that you're doing a new thing in our lives. And fathers, we think about a new thing in our lives. We realize it's the life of East Delta Baptist Church. And Father, we're so tired of hearing sermons. And we're so tired of hearing new Bible studies. And we're so tired of just going through the motions of another Sunday, another day. Father, we need a fresh new thing in our lives, in the life of this church. Father, you're offering us a new thing. You've told us in your word, God's doing a new thing. Father, I pray that we wouldn't live on our past victories, our, our past faith. Father, I pray that we wouldn't be held captive by our past failures. But we would know today you've already set into motion plans to do a new thing in our life. Lord, I pray that we would be committed to those things knowing that you've given us a, a toll way with a toll tag that's free admission that only we're going to travel on, only we're going to go be able to go down it, and, and in that, we're going to find your protection, we're going to find your blessings through the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Lord, I pray that we wouldn't try to do things in our own power, but, Father, we would look forward to the new thing you have for us. Lord, as we examine ourselves today, I pray that we would see ourselves as you see us. We would see ourselves with the potential that you see in us. Father, as the enemy comes and tries to bring up our past, our past failures, as the enemy comes and tries to remind us of our past successes, we don't need change, we don't need new things. Think of how successful you're being. I pray that we would just pray as you command us, get behind me, Satan, to know that you want to do something new in our lives. Lord, I pray that we would choose you that we would choose to follow you. I pray there would be a freshness and a newness. The Spirit of the living God would fall fresh upon us, upon this place. And now, Lord, as we have a time of invitation, however you would lead us, whatever path you would make for us today, I pray that we would surrender to you. We would let go and say, all right, starting today, a new start, a a new fresh pace directed by God pray your spirit would move freely in this place today, and I pray this in the name of Jesus.